did it, and we ended up having a great time. Uh, while we were out, we went to a restaurant first, and they were uh, wanted to buy us dinner, and uh, they because of their English was so broken, they were uh, looking at things in the menu and we couldn't read anything. Um, and we didn't know for sure what we were looking at necessarily. So if it was uh, a chicken dish, he would start clucking like a chicken. And that's how he told us what we were eating. So if it was chicken, he'd cluck. If it was a, a pork dish, he would oink. If it was, you know, so on and so on. So we finally figure out what we're gonna have. We, we order our food and drinks and he says, you know, in his broken English, I'll be right back. Okay. And he leaves and he comes back, but he comes back with sandwiches in his hands. And it wasn't that kind of restaurant. Um, th they were supposed to bring the food to us. So I was perplexed, um, but he brings us these sandwiches and basically tells us to go ahead and eat. Like it was a, an appetizer of sorts. And about halfway through the sandwich, he starts making the sound of a donkey. Um, that was the best sandwich, that was the best meal we had while we were in China. It was, it was like a, a Philly cheese donkey. I mean, it was, it was absolutely delicious. Uh, I wish we could have had uh, more of them while we were there. Um, but it was, I like to tell that story, it's fun. Uh, we ended up uh, a couple of months, uh, maybe even six months later, they came to the States and uh, they were going to be in our town. So we asked our pastor, we said, hey, we know they're coming uh, and they're going to be staying around. Can they stay with us? Like, we want to put them up in our home. And uh, keep in mind, they don't speak very much English. So it was going to be like four days of nothing but charades at our house. And uh, they brought their, their daughter. Uh, there was a picture of her. Uh, she made the, the fish out of the banana, like the VBS craft. Um, but uh, she was maybe four at the time, and our, our oldest was just born, and the English that she knew anytime Grayson would cry was baby hungry or baby sleepy. And she said baby hungry enough times that it, it got to the point where it was just, it was comical, you just knew it was coming. But we, because we didn't speak Chinese and they didn't speak a whole lot of English, we didn't, we didn't know any Chinese by the way, um, but uh, they were there with us and we kept trying to make sure that they were full. Every time there was a meal, we just kept making sure that they were full. And Timothy finally leaned back and said, you know, basically said no more. And his daughter looked at him and said, Daddy Buddha, like just pointing because his belly started getting a, a little bit bigger while he was with us. But uh, uh, I, I like to share that story with you guys. Um, we are going to be in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 11. Look at one verse here, and a little bit later we'll look at a, a couple further down. But um, chapter 11, says, uh, verse 1, simply says this, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, Lord, we love you. We thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for the nice weather outside. Lord, I just uh, I thank you most of all for, uh, for what you've done for us, Lord, for the cross and, and uh, caring for us the way that you do. Lord, I just pray tonight that you would uh, speak through me the words that you would have and help us to be an encouragement as we're here. We love you and thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is, um, it's a pretty simple verse. It's pretty straightforward. Um, let me get my... Uh, but there, there's four, really, there's, you can pull four things I want to touch on out of this verse. Um, the, first, uh, the first of those is the word cast. And it says, cast thy bread upon the waters. When I think of the word cast, I, I instantly think fishing. I'm not a good fisherman by any stretch, 
But that is what I think about. You're casting your line out. Um, so when you're going fishing, um, I've learned more uh, living in Indiana than I did in Florida, oddly enough. Uh, you would think Florida, there'd be a lot more fishing, and there was. I just didn't care for it then. But uh, uh, you know kind of where the fish like to hang out at what time of the day and, and different temperatures, and, and you, you've, I've learned stuff like that. And I know when uh, I'd go to my father-in-law's house, we could uh, get the poles and go out on the dock, and you can know where to cast your, uh, your line. And pretty much every time you're going to pull a fish in, the way, his, the way that pond was stocked, you were just going to pull a fish in. It was, it was like shooting fish in a barrel almost. My kids loved it because they liked to touch the slimy fish because I've got three boys and they are all boy. Um, so they just, they absolutely loved it. They ate it up and if you didn't catch a fish, they were disappointed. They reeled it in for nothing, you know? So we had to do it all over again, which not that it took any time, but anyways, that's the way uh, children are. But you know, we wanna, when we're, casting our, when we're casting out our line, we wanna cast it in a general, like a, a specific direction. Like we know over here, this, there should be some fish over here. So we wanna cast that out. And, and let it sit there and try and get a fish on the line right there. Well, this is telling us we need to cast out our bread. Um, right here. We, we have something as Christians that many people around the world don't have. That they don't even know they're missing out on. And this is, this is it right here. This is what we need to be throwing out to them. Um, you know, we have, we have the bread of life, right? We, we have just... An amazing comfort knowing uh, Christ as Savior. There is, uh, there is no question about it. Um, but we, are we doing enough? Are we as Christians doing what we need to be doing on a regular basis? Um, and I, I think the answer is no. I think everybody, myself included, can be doing a little bit more. There, there's more opportunities that pass us by than we should let happen. Um, you know, we've got something in our lives, we've got, we've got that, uh, that salvation, uh, that relationship with Jesus Christ in our lives. We need to be sharing it with others. We need to be telling others what Jesus has done for us and what he did for them. Um, my pastor back home, he, he likes to call it, uh, I guess, the us for and no more mentality. When, uh, when churches um, really don't have uh, a lot going on as far as outreach and going into the community and things like that. Um, the, it seems like oh, they've, they've grown content with the group that they have. And that's not how we should be. Uh, and that's just, I mean, really, if you, if you go back uh, to the great commandment over in, uh, in Matthew 28, yeah, you don't have to turn there, but that, that commandment or th that, uh, that great commission is just that. It's a commandment. We need to go, uh, and it says go ye. It doesn't say go pastors and go missionaries and go preachers or preacher boys or however you want to word that. It says go ye. So as Christians, it's talking to all of us that way. We need to be the ones going out. Uh, and and uh, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you know, we need to be witnesses. You know, they're talking about the same thing. Um, we need to be witnesses for Christ everywhere. It, it, you know, it starts uh, in your... Uh, in your Jerusalem and then goes to the uttermost part of the world. So we need to be witnesses everywhere we go. Um, you know, we, what we have, the relationship that we have with Christ is because somebody was willing to cast it out towards us. You know, somebody else that's a Christian 
took time out of their, out of their lives to, uh, whether it was to be a bus worker or to just go out and be part of a team out door knocking. They took time out of their lives so that we could have what we have. You know, whether it was uh, here at church and it was you got saved under your pastor. You know, it, it, being a pastor is more than um, making visits and coming to church and preaching. You know, there's a lot of work that pastors put in. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of time that goes into preparing a message, you know, every week and, and three a week and different things like that. But uh, it needs to be more than just the pastor doing it. You know, why, why do we have what we have? Why do we have this relationship? It's because somebody took the time to, to worry about us. Somebody took the time to love on us. And we need to do that. Uh, we need to be the ones going out and doing that. Um, I, I love your walls. You've got missionaries everywhere. Um, he that winneth souls is wise. I, I, I love that. And I can tell that this is a soul winning church. This is a church that's reaching out to their community. Um, but, you know, this is uh, just a, a great opportunity that we have. I, I shared in our, our video that, you know, those ministry opportunities, those outreach opportunities are everywhere. You know, the, those witnessing opportunities as we're walking through, um, I'm going to use Walmart because I'm from the States and that's what I go to all the time. Uh, I think you guys have Walmarts here, right? They're okay. They're everywhere. Okay. So let's just use Walmart. You know, if we are somewhere and we don't have an opportunity to go uh, door knocking with a church on a Saturday or, or Thursday or whatever day that they go, we like to take a bunch of tracks and from whatever church that we're, we're at at the time and just go to a Walmart and, you know, we can do our grocery shopping. Uh, we can, you know, shop around and look at things, but it's also climate controlled and we can pass out gospel tracks to anybody that comes in our way. Anybody we see down the aisle, the kids will make a game of it sometimes and they'll be walking down the aisle and they'll be like down one of the main aisles and then they will see somebody and they will turn around and say, oh, let me have a track. And they will get that track in their hand and it doesn't matter if they're over here. They will run down the hallway or run down the aisle and see what they can do to get this. Excuse me, excuse me, here you go, here you go. You know, so, and then we go down and they open a door for us sometimes before we can get there. Um, but they, uh, they do that for us. They, uh, they just love it. And, and they, they hand somebody a track and say, this is how you can know Jesus. And, you know, it doesn't have to be an organized event uh, every week or twice a week or whatever it is. But there are opportunities everywhere. So I would encourage you guys to grab some tracks uh, tonight before you leave and just see what you can do this week. Just see how many, how many doors can you get to open for you. And, you know, sometimes it's just a fact of life. Sometimes they're going to say no thanks. That's when the cute, kids, the cute kids come in for us because nobody's ever told my kids no. Um, as far as we've got tools and we put them to use. I'm a builder, so I kind of relate everything to, to tools. But, I mean, we're going to have them in the, in the grocery store. We're going to have them anywhere we go because... They're not old enough to leave home alone without getting in trouble. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to have them, so let's use them. And it's a way for them to be a part of something great. Um, our oldest son was saved last summer. Uh, he was three years old, and he was in VBS, and, and uh, he really pays attention. And so for those that work with kids, a three-year-old can pick it up. So don't, 
don't sell them short because they can, they can understand things um, that we don't even think they're paying attention to, but they do. Um, but he loves it. He loves going out and, and telling people how he can know Jesus like I do um, and different things like that. It's, it's just amazing uh, the way that a kid's mind works and to think it, that, uh, that sometimes we just let those opportunities go and our kids don't let us let opportunities go. Um, if we're checking out somewhere, before it's an appropriate time, like, I mean, we're putting groceries on the, on the feeder belt there, and the kids are asking for a track to give to the cashier. And son, there's two customers in front of us. I mean, like, yes, you can have one, but, like, I mean, give us a second to work here. So, uh, you know, we have, we have that as well. Um, uh, the next part of this verse I want to look at, it says, uh, is the waters. It's cast, cast your bread upon the waters. You know, uh, sometimes the Bible talks about, or it, it uses the word waters to uh, refer to people. Um, uh, the world's population right now is somewhere around 7.4 billion. Uh, that's a lot of people. Um, and, you know, it is God's desire for 7.4 billion people to be saved and, and be with him in heaven. You know, that is God's ultimate desire. And it's amazing to think about that. I mean, I'm not a big fan of crowds. Um, sporting events, I don't really like to go to. There's too many people. Um, you know, d different things. I just don't like crowds. I don't feel safe in crowds. Um, but 7.4 billion people, that's a crowd now. Uh, you know, a crowd like we've never seen before. But God wants us all to be together. So what are we doing to do our, you know, what is, what is our part in that? What is our part in, in getting those 7.4 billion? No, we're not going to reach them all on our own, um, but we can do our part. And we can do our part and reach out to this one. And this one gets saved. And they may not get saved when we're sitting there talking to them, but we've at least planted a seed or we've watered a seed, and I'm getting ahead of myself in my notes. But... Um, God is amazing. God, if you think about this, okay, so 7.4 billion people. And no, there's not 7.4 billion Christians on earth. But if there were, if we all started praying at the same time, God could hear each of us individually. Think about that. Think about if everybody in here started talking at one time. Like as soon as church is over, everyone's going to get up and start talking. You can't hardly understand who's standing next to you when you're in a conversation because you're talking and the person you're talking to is talking and they're two pews over and talking, you hear them, but you can't really understand them. And that's just a group of, you know, four people. Um, but 7.4 billion people and God could hear and understand each one of us. That's an amazing, amazing thought. Um, you know, uh, it says, uh, the end of that verse, it says, for thou shalt find it after many days. You know, it doesn't say 10 days or 20 days or, you know, 365 days, 10 years. It doesn't say anything like that. It just says many days. So what is many days? You know, we don't know. Um, as we're going out and as we're um, reaching out to folks and, and taking opportunities to witness to people, you know, we could go out and, and witness to somebody and they get saved right away. Okay, that's great. That's, that's awesome when that happens. 
it, I've, I have found in, in, in our own personal uh, experiences that that's not always really, uh, that, that's never happened. The first time somebody's heard the gospel while I was out witnessing to them, they get saved. I've never had that happen. Uh, I'm not saying it doesn't happen um, because I, I, I've heard stories that it does. And, and, but nine times out of ten when we go out, it's, it's to somebody that has already been witnessed to before, that has already been to church, that, you know, uh, has heard the gospel. And we just go around and we just water that seed. First um, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. I had it marked, but I lost my mark here. Um, you don't have to turn there. It's, let me see here. Here we go. First uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So it's a team effort. You know, you see it right there. It, it, was, it was not just one person that went and did it. It's a team effort. So, you know, we have opportunities. So let's say while we're here in, in, in BC this week, um, you know, your pastor has run across somebody uh, out in the community and given them a track from the church and invited them to church and, and shared the gospel with them. And they didn't get saved that day. Um, and maybe a couple of days later, one of you guys go out with that same track or with another track from the church and, and run across that same person just out of coincidence and share the gospel with them. And, you know, your pastor may have planted that seed, but what you're doing is equally as important as you're going around and you're watering that seed. You know, seeds can't grow. You know, when, when farmers plant their crop, they need water. So it's either got to rain or it's, it's got to have some kind of irrigation. It needs water. It's not going to grow just sitting in the, in the dry ground. It's just not going to happen that way. So it's a, it's a matter of time. It, it, it takes, it's a team effort here. Um, we went to France uh, last uh, May, I believe it was, and we were there for a month. And I just wanted to kind of kind of re-familiarize myself with some stuff about France. I didn't know a whole lot about it to start with, um, but I came across um, a story about Napoleon. And uh, Napoleon had, you know, his castle, but at his castle he had a, uh, like, I think it was 500-acre pond. And the only people that had access to this pond were the people in Napoleon's court, um, you know, his, his uh, servants and things like that. Um, one thing we learned while in France was their bread goes stale very quickly. Um, there was, while we were there, I saw the same guy every morning as I was going to the project. Uh, every morning, I would see him walking back with a loaf of bread. And he just, he would go and buy a loaf of bread every day. Um, and their bread, goes real, their bread goes stale really quick. So the story that I read was about Napoleon's uh, servants and, and people under him would take out their stale bread and just throw it in the pond. And there were carp in there. And if you know anything about fishing, carp is typically not a good fish to come across. I mean, and they're not good for anything. Uh, take them out of the water and kill them, don't eat them. Um, but the, the, these carp to, to, to Napoleon's people were a delicacy. And they would be able to uh, get these fish, they would be able to catch them somehow and when they were big enough, it would feed the family for a night. And it was, to them, it was like, this is a really good night for our family. This is a really good meal. And 
you know, we don't think of it that way now, um, but to them, that's what it was. But, you know, you think about a fish when they go out and they throw out this bread and think about the life of a fish. It doesn't start out big enough for a family of five to eat. You know, it takes a long time for a fish to get that big. You know, it starts out as a little minnow and just progressively gets bigger. It takes a lot of time. It's, uh, you know, reaching people sometimes is the same way. Um, my mom is not saved. Uh, she just doesn't see the need. She thinks it's um, just unnecessary, really. Um, but uh, she thinks because she's a good person that she can go to heaven. And that's just, you know, we know that that's just not the way it is. But um, we've, we've reached out to her. We've witnessed to her. My wife has witnessed to her. Um, my stepdad is saved. Um, doesn't necessarily lead the life that uh, a, a Christian should. Um, but uh, uh, he, he uh, they, they just don't, they don't see the need to rely on God for anything. They don't, they don't rely on God for anything. Um, but uh, I can tell you as a, as a missionary on deputation, we rely on God for a lot. Um, you know, that's just the way it is. I mean, uh, I could tell you story after story where God came through when we didn't realize we needed him to. Um, but, uh, you know, um, it's just important that as Christians, we're doing, we're doing our part. We're doing everything we possibly can to tell people about Jesus, taking those opportunities, um, down in, uh, back in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, go down to verse six. It says in the morning, sow thy seed and in the evening withhold not thine hand for thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. We, we don't know what's going to happen when we go out and plant that seed. Um, my brother's in the military. He, uh, he's based at Fort Lewis in Washington and uh, uh, Washington State. And we were just there uh, for like three and a half weeks. And uh, I invited him to church with us. Uh, I said, I'm going to be preaching tonight. I'd love for you to come. Uh, and he did. He showed up. And it was, it was the first time in almost 20 years, I think 19 years, that he had been in a church. Um, he went because his babysitter was a Christian years ago when he was four years old, took him to a VBS uh, one week while, uh, while, while she had him uh, during the day. But uh, uh, it was the first time in, in 19 years that he had been in church. And we got to go back and, and water that seed with him. And it's, uh, we had multiple opportunities to talk to him uh, even before that. And, and then again, after that, we had opportunities. And he, he hasn't made a decision yet. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a, in, a, in a week or so, but he just wasn't ready to make a decision. He said, I believe in something bigger than me, but I don't know what that is yet, was basically what he, how the week started. Um, and we asked him if he wanted to talk about anything and, and if I could share anything with him, and, and we tried. Uh, we tried hard uh, to see him save that week. Um, he wasn't, but this is exactly, it goes along with exactly what I'm saying. It takes many days sometimes. It's not going to happen overnight for everybody. But as we just read verse six there, you know, uh, 
in the morning sow thy seed, in the evening withhold not thine hand. So don't, don't, just, don't just plant the seed and walk away from it. You know, uh, you don't know um, what's going to happen. You don't know, uh, it says, whether it shall prosper either this or that, or whether they'll both be alike good. You, you don't know what's going to happen when you go out and plant that seed. When we go out, we don't know what we're going to come across. We might see people saved. We might not, you know, but no matter what, we know that we're doing God's work. We know that we're going out, we're watering that seed. You know, the only thing that we do know is if we don't go out, we're not going to see any fruits for that. When we go out, and, or if we don't go out, we don't go out and take those opportunities to witness to folks, we're not going to see people saved because we're not taking those opportunities. You know, we have such an incredible privilege to be Christians. You know, I was not a quote-unquote horrible person. Um, but I thank God for that. And I thank God that I am where I am today because somebody took time to love on me. Um, He took a lot of time to love on me. I grew up in church, but I wasn't saved until I was 13 years old. Um, and it took, it took losing someone close to me to really make me start and think. Um, I shared with you, my mom, wasn't bapt- uh, my mom isn't saved. And from what I could tell, she seemed happy. And my dad, looking back now, you can see things differently when you're older and look back on things. My dad was happy. My mom seemed happy. And as far as I could tell, the difference, there was no difference other than my dad went to church and, and, and my mom didn't. And it took me a long time to realize that, you know, my mom wasn't happy. She was putting on a show for her kids, um, but my dad really was. And, and I can look back now and, and see clearly um, uh, how that how that difference is, and, and I just, I didn't do enough to try and get my mom involved and, um, and share with my mom when I was a kid. Um, but uh, we just don't know what's going to happen. We just have to have faith that God is going to just, God's going to do it in his timing. So as we go out, don't be discouraged when people uh, don't get saved when you go out door knocking every single week. Um, some people may have it, have it that way and that's amazing and that's, that's great for them but don't be discouraged when it, when it doesn't happen like that for you just keep doing what God's asked you to do be faithful um, the parable of talents you know the, those men were rewarded um, uh, the man that came back with ten talents and the man that came back with four talents were given the same reward and it's because they did what they were told to do they, they did what they could with what they had they were faithful with what they had and with what they were tasked to do. And we need to do the same thing. You know, it's that simple. Um, We just need to be the ones going out and doing this. I can't stress that enough. And I I see it again. I just, I see your walls and just think that this is a good soul winning church. And and I'm I'm happy to be standing here and and preach to the choir. It seems tonight like I am preaching to the choir and I'm okay with that. Um, I just want to encourage you guys to keep it up and keep doing what you're doing. If you're not involved, I want to encourage you to be involved in whatever way you can. 
Um, if you're not able to go out, when you know a team is going out, when you know people are going, take time and pray for them. Prayer is a powerful tool that we often don't use the way we should. And uh, I just want to encourage you in that way.